Well, every blessing to you all, and welcome back to my walking, talking pulpit. I shan't be numbering these anymore, and if you were to ask me what number this would be, I guess from memory, I would suggest, say number 20 perhaps, and if you were to ask me how many hours I've been able to accumulate over the last 20 uh, walking, talking sermons, I would suggest around 12 hours. So glory to God, and uh, as always I give him thanks for allowing me to do this, to kill two birds with one stone and keep my body in shape, along with my mind and my soul and my relationship with Almighty God. Well a couple of days ago Patrick and I were in Manchester doing some outreach and I noticed this guy standing behind us observing our banner. Unless you repent, you should all likewise perish. And I observed him, observing us. <laughs> I thought to myself, friend or foe? And after a little while of staring somewhat inquisitively at our banner, he came over to me and said, uh, that's a true statement. That's the word of the Lord. And I said, uh, praise the Lord. Well, we had a quick chat. And he gave me what I thought was a tract, and I put it in my pocket. And maybe after a few moments of exchanging uh, pleasantries, I thanked him for his time because he wanted to get into the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, these people, if you've uh, never met them, are very much obsessed. They have uh, an unhealthy interest in the gifts of the Spirit. And you never hear these people speaking about the fruit of the Spirit or overcoming sin, the flesh and the devil, or how to really dig deep into the Scripture. They want to ask questions like, uh, do you speak in tongues? What church do you go to? Or how do you find this type of approach? And I said to myself a long time ago that the next time I came into contact with someone such as this chap, I would be polite but uh, brief. I uh, no longer go back and forth arguing over theological points with such people. I have no interest to do that. When I go onto the streets, whether on my own or with Patrick or other like-minded brethren, I'm there for one purpose and one purpose only, to preach the gospel, to speak to people, and sometimes to get up close and personal and warn people that unless they repent, they're going to burn. And that's something which these charismatics never do. And I mean never. So we continued for a few moments, like I say, and he gave me what I thought was a tract. And I gave him one of my uh, credit card tracts, which he was very grateful to receive. And on that point, he uh, disappeared and I continued with the outreach. Well, I got home and I looked at his, uh, what I thought was a tract and it was no more than a pamphlet. It was no more than come along to our church, meet the pastor, you get a nice warm welcome, tea and coffee is available and biscuits, so on and so forth. No plan of salvation, no relevant scriptural verse. I think there was one scripture from uh, Second Chronicles from memory, I think it's 7.14. But no mention about sin, no mention about the new birth, no mention 
about the judgment excuse me for sniffing but uh, it's somewhat uh, cold so I will persevere on and hopefully conclude this message but uh, that's why I'm sniffing because we are very much in the winter and I thought to myself how typical how absolutely typical to meet such a person who was no more than going around proselytizing promoting his place of worship and I'm going to call this message travesty because what this individual was doing was a travesty and I put it this way if I may that if he wasn't in the system number one you'd never see him number two those that are in systems for the most part if they weren't paid to be in such a system you'd never see them and I've experienced that for many years it's very rare for me to come into contact with a saved man or woman not part of a system purchasing their own tracks printing their own DVDs to pass out to people very very rare yes it happens but like I say it's very very rare I thought to myself that individual from Manchester a few days ago well intended no doubt and yet doing a great disservice to the Lord and you might say why would that be well number one his pamphlet not a tract had no plan of salvation and I gave the account some walks ago and I'll do it again now to remind those of you which may have forgotten or didn't hear that I remember reading an account some years ago of an individual who hit rock bottom and was heading off to a deserted area a wooded area I seem to recall reading to finish his life to end his own life to kill himself and this man was going nowhere in life very depressed and he thought I will find a secluded spot and finish it all there and surprise surprise as he went further and further into this secluded area he noticed a piece of screwed up paper on the ground and he bent down opened it up and it was a tract would you believe and he read it he believed it got saved and of course didn't take his own life back home he went rejoicing but I'll say this that had that chap come across this pamphlet that was given to me recently and opened it up there's no way he would have got saved because there's no gospel on that pamphlet there's no uh, mention of sins or holiness or judgment there's no nothing what I was given a few days ago was simply a promotional flyer put on some nice glossy paper no doubt mass-produced but no plan of salvation it was like go out into Manchester pass out these uh, pamphlets to those that you think are interested in coming to our place of worship and even when they arrive we will give them the gospel you see it's like this the cults and false religions especially are very good at uh, giving you a sample on the street it's like if you've ever been given an aftershave sample or a food sample or a shaving cream sample for example and you take it home and you use it and you think yes I like this where can I buy it and you go to your local supermarket and you find it on the shelf for X amount of money and you buy it and of course they've got you that's the whole point they're trying to uh, give you a taster give you a sample uh, put the bait out if you will and once you take the bite they've got you and I think a lot of these churches 
a lot of these false religions are very good at doing this they won't tell you on the street how to be saved and the reason why they won't do that is number one because it is an offense number two they don't want to get into an ugly altercation but number three and more importantly and more to the point they want you to go along to their church so-called to hear the truth what they are doing in essence is this they are keeping the goodies back for themselves it's like the mormons or the jw's or even the catholics if you become a catholic for example you don't get baptized the same day you don't get baptized the same week you don't get baptized the same month they will spend weeks indoctrinating you uh, explaining what they really believe and after many weeks and months in some cases uh, you have to go to the system until they think that you are holy enough or ready to be baptized into their system they don't tell you from day one that unless you repent you're going to go to hell for the most part they don't believe in hell they want to indoctrinate you they want to engraft you into their system they want to take their time to open up their beliefs with you because they too think that only they have the goodies and in order to get the goodies you have to go to the system the same is true of the mormons or the jehovah's witnesses in fact this is even found in protestant churches i believe that in the brethren assemblies if you were to attend as a non-believer or non-member you start at the very back of the assembly and you wait and you wait and the weeks go by and the elders get to know you start to uh, question you as to who you are and what you believe so on and so forth and when they think that you're ready to be baptized or when they believe that you've really repented enough or are really holy enough only then are you allowed to receive communion only then are you welcomed into the fold they too want you to be a part of their system and again it's a travesty time is very much of the essence what does the scripture say behold now is accepted time behold now is a day of salvation and yet it's almost unheard of to go onto the streets come into contact with a group or a person and ask that person or that group what the plan of salvation is and to be told straight away that it's faith in Christ alone it's faith in the blood alone and it's through Christ alone it's a free gift sola fide and I think the overwhelming problem seems to be that these churches think that only they have the truth which is foolish and therefore you have to go along to their church to receive the truth which is also foolish I remember some years ago getting into a discussion with a lawyer an ex-catholic who was a member of a charismatic church and I spent maybe 15 minutes talking to her trying to probe trying to delve a little deeper into her beliefs and what made her tick but more importantly 
whether or not she was preaching the gospel. And she said to me, well, my boss is a Catholic. He's a good Christian man. And I thought to myself, but you just told me that you're an ex-Catholic, now born again. You see, sometimes people forget what they were saved from. And this goes back to my tribalism message. This lady was so caught up in a system that she'd forgotten what she had been saved from, if indeed she was ever saved to begin with. And I said to her, well, your boss, he may be a great guy, but if he's not born again, he's lost. And therefore you need to give him a tract. And she looked at me like I just propositioned her. It was pitiful. Then we got on to slain in the spirit. And she said to me, well, it's not what happens when you hit the ground. It's what happens when you come up off the ground. And I thought, what a statement to make. What a strange statement to make. And I said to her, well, if you've ever looked at uh, John chapter 18, it speaks about the enemies of the Lord coming to detain him. And he says to them, uh, whom do you seek? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. And they all fall backwards. Enemies. Whereas those that love the Lord, according to the book of Revelation, fall flat on their face in fear of the Lord, revering the Lord, loving the Lord. You don't fall backwards like a demon-possessed imbecile. And I was quite uh, stern with her. I wasn't rude, but I was stern. And I thought to myself, this is going nowhere. I need to get out of this place. Incidentally, that place that this woman attends, like a lot of churches in the UK, let out their halls for secular weddings, yoga classes, uh, keep fit, or mother and toddler groups. And the reason why I flag that up is because these particular people, these charismatics, like to give the impression that their church, number one, is the true church, number two, is the house of the Lord. And they like to give the impression that they are part of something special, something holy. And if you're not a part of their clique, system, group, then you're very much outside of their fold. And you ask yourself this, if that church is holy, if that church is the house of the Lord, why are they allowing unsaved people to go in and desecrate the so-called house of the Lord? It's a travesty. It's a joke. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning of this message that if these people weren't in a system, you'd never see them. And if they weren't paid to be in such a system, you'd never see them. But go back to this chap that I met quite recently in Manchester. And I will just further qualify my assessment of him and say this, that he appeared to me to be either a homeless chap or a former homeless individual. And what has probably happened, he's gone along to where he is now uh, fellowshipping, if you will. He's taken a shine to those in that church they have taken a shine to him and perhaps they are the family that he never had or long lost, I don't know and I can understand that I can understand him wanting to be part of that particular system uh, they have taken care of him no doubt and he thinks that by going out and giving flyers out to promote his church is the way to glorify the Lord I understand that, I don't agree with it 
and I won't overly criticize him for it because he looks somewhat worn down in life to me but I'm more critical of those that send him out with his glossy piece of the paper to promote his so-called place of worship if you are saved if you are born again you should be able to open your mouth at a moment's notice and tell such people that you come into contact with that they need to repent they need to believe the gospel you should be able to do that you shouldn't say well there's a church down the road go along and ask uh, the pastor what you need to know or I can recommend a church to you that I go to and they will tell you what you need to know tell them on the street don't put off tomorrow what you can do today and yet I don't see that sense of urgency in the eyes of those that I come into contact with most Christians are just cruising through life very happy content and don't feel they have a need an urgent need to preach the gospel and also every so often I will come into contact with those that are part of a system and are very proud to be part of a system and they will say that they go to their local Catholic church and they will boast about the numbers in their church and they'll say that in total globally they have over a billion members and you say well what does that prove and they say well you mean to tell me that all those people are wrong and I say yes absolutely the majority have never been in the truth the majority have never had the truth just got the scripture by Acts chapter 1 you've got around 120 people in the upper room not 120,000 120 the Muslims are very proud and happy to tell you that they have around the same number that the Catholics have a billion and a half or thereabouts and they will say we well, can't uh, tell me that all those Muslims are in the wrong don't have the truth I say yes I can actually because numbers prove nothing it's not quantity it's quality and again go back to the scriptures look at Acts chapter 1 Acts chapter 2 look at the Gospels many were healed we're told many got saved and yet by Acts chapter 1 no more than 120 so to listen to these people boasting about their church their religion how they had the truth to then find out down the line that their leaders are no more holy than their dog or their cat puts the wind up them that's a good thing because you were told not to put your faith in men not to put your, uh, your trust in a system you see salvation is based on a person not a place and that's what the early church got down to a fine tea they preached about a person not a place and I put it to you again that if these people were not part of a system you'd never see them and those that are paid to be in such a system could be a pastor could be a deacon could be a full-time evangelist if they weren't paid to be in such a system you'd never see them and that goes back to uh, Judges 17 
from memory, which speaks about a priest being hired to take care of someone's needs and he agrees to the salary and then down the line someone comes along and offers him more money and of course he packs up and disappears and you might say to me well James we have a great pastor he wouldn't do that well put it this way if you were to say to your pastor or your deacon or your elder brother we love you in the Lord we appreciate what you've been doing for us but we can no longer pay you a salary there's only 25 of us now and what we are paying you we feel could be better spent elsewhere so can we ask you to resign the ministry can we ask you to forfeit your salary you say you love us I'm sure you will stay and be one of our teachers but from this day forward support yourself you watch that pastor head to the nearest door he may say he loves you he may say that he has your best interests at heart and when the money dries up he's gone he's out of that door like Speedy Gonzalez he's gone he's dust and if you don't believe me just try that on him see this goes back to paid ministry this goes back to organized religion this goes back to my message on tribalism this great emphasis to tithe to be a part of a system our system we have the truth and these churches are very much like football teams in the UK what church do you go to who's your pastor oh I go to such and such a church and our pastor is such and such a person he's a wonderful man and yet why don't we ever see him on the streets preaching the gospel oh he's too busy preparing his sermon he's too busy uh, running the church so because he's so busy he sends us out to uh, cover the uh, need to be on the street and yet again they're not preaching the gospel they're pushing a system don't you understand that they're pushing a system they are keeping the goodies back for themselves they think that only they have the truth even though the scripture says that Christ is the truth and therefore for you to uh, receive it you've got to go along and hear about it it's almost like a secret society for example if you want to become a mason you are normally uh, sought out and they will approach you and say that you are masonic material and you go along to your local uh, masonic hall and they will second you and if they like you and if you like them they will start to initiate you and I've spoken about the masons over recent walks but they too think that only they have the truth and for you to really come into the knowledge of the truth you've got to go through the ranks you've got to go through the, the uh, degrees you've got to work your way up and of course when you get to the top degree you are told that uh, Lucifer is Jehovah and Jehovah's Lucifer it's a blasphemy it's such a mess and those masons are completely lost but of course by that stage they have taken blood oaths they've sworn to kill those that betray their system like the Jesuits if you become a Jesuit when you are 33 years of age you take an oath that if a Jesuit breaks his oath he is to be put to death on top of that I'll let this police car go by if you are a heretic if you are a Protestant and are going against the Catholic Church you are to be put to death now how about that that wasn't dropped at Vatican II also 
and yet you rarely if ever hear such discussed or spoken about it's all about coming together it's all about being one in Christ it's all about uh, having fellowship with each other when in reality they would kill you if they could and they've done that through continual attacks on the King James Bible and attacking biblical doctrines like faith alone eternal security and one being kept saved by the blood of Christ and salvation being in a person or a place they completely destroyed that and I think this poor chap that I saw recently is a victim of that situation that uh, setup he's been through the mill as they say he's hit rock bottom like they say he's come into contact with this group somewhere maybe went into their building on a Sunday morning who knows or maybe they went out onto the streets feeding the poor which I'm not against incidentally but if you do that in spite of the gospel then I'm against it and that continues to be a travesty because you were told to preach the gospel you were told to focus on the death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and yet these churches unfortunately tragically are more interested in taking care of your physical needs your emotional needs and that's why pastors and deacons and those in the ministry so-called are trained in uh, psychotherapy they are trained in uh, psychology they are trained in how to give you counseling from the school of Freud or Jung not from the Word of God but that is another subject for another day so I will call this message travesty and as always it will run to around 30 minutes long and I'll just say this before I sign out that if you are that type of person that I've spoken about I'm not against you per se but I'm against what you are a part of I'm against what you are doing because what you are doing is pushing a place you're pushing a system when you should be pushing a person and you should be focusing on the cross I know that it may be that for some of you people this is all you've ever known I understand that and therefore I'm really aiming this message at the elders in such a place who should be ashamed of themselves as well time is of the essence and if you want to make a difference if you want to have a legacy for the Lord then I would suggest this that you either get a good tract with the gospel on at least one verse if possible and if you wish to add a phone number or a contact address okay fine but not uh, in place of the plan of salvation don't put contact details in place of how to be saved or in place of a scripture go back to that poor chap who was about to take his own life and by the grace of God he came across a good tract a sound tract which he read believed and experienced a transformed life but this poor chap that I spoke to a few days ago very much a victim of organized religion in a post-modern Britain couldn't have done that for you his pamphlet couldn't have saved you his pamphlet would be of no help to you so just check yourself out make sure you're not doing the same thing that he is doing and if you want some good tracks let us know and we will send you some out for free and I think on that uh, note I will sign out and wish you every blessing and Maranatha